All right, people, look at here. There's only one fucking God, and his name is Death. And what do we say to Death? Not today, motherfucker. Not today. If you're new, welcome. If you're not, welcome back. Sarah and I talk a lot about perception being a bitch. So every week, I'm going to give a bonus episode where I talk more about the philosophy and what that really means. What does perception is a bitch really mean? And what's the real philosophy behind all that good content and dialogue that we have? Today, I'm talking about being the verb and the many-faced gods and also the concept of or the idea of the absolute self. Shit's about to get real, y'all. So whatever you need to put you into your happy place, go grab it. Let's get settled. We're about to talk some real, real philosophy right now. Do you pray to the gods? The old and the new. There is only one god. And his name is death. What do we say to the god of death? There is only one god. A girl knows his name. Death. And there is only one thing we say to death. Not today. So you guys are probably wondering right now, what does Game of Thrones have to do with perception is a bitch? Well, it has everything to do with perception is a bitch. Let me explain. Because perception is a bitch is a subsect of the philosophy to be the verb and not the noun. So what is a noun and what is a verb? A noun is somebody who has an absolute disposition. Typically, a noun is somebody who only sees life through one specific set or one specific frame. Uh, To this person, to the noun, the sky would be philosophically red, which means they don't see any other any other way of thinking. A verb is somebody who has the mental flexibility to understand that their position or their perspective may not be the only way to think. So a noun is someone who would say, for example, that spirituality is defined to one religion, i.e. I am Christian, I am Muslim, or even I am atheist. A verb is someone who would say, hey, there are many slices and many perspectives to what we call spirituality. God exists in many forms. To the Christians, he would be known as Yahweh. To the Muslims, he would be known as Allah. To the Buddhist, he would be the physical embodiment of the Buddha. So that's the difference between a verb and a noun. A verb is somebody who has the mental capacity to, to see life from multiple frames, from multiple perspective. A verb is somebody who is what I would call morally flexible in that they, they switch their morals and values as circumstance or situation may dictate. Um, they are not allegiant to one flag. They are allegiance to humanity as a whole. They see people as people. I am human. I am not my race. I am not my religion. I am not my gender. I am not my career specialization. I'm not my sexual orientation. I am the verbs that describe and give these nouns their meaning, which means a verb is a spiritual, nurturing, um, caring being 
So what I love about this line from the Game of Thrones about the many-faced gods is it it addresses one of the key pain points in the human experience, which is as human beings, we see ourselves as one person, as one individual. We have one defined perspective of who we are. But the reality is that you are not one person, and whether you realize it or not, or whether you want to admit it or not, you are a many-faced God, which means that you are a different person to different people. No two people have the same perspective of you, which means that there is no authentic self. At least there's no authentic version of you. You are the accumulation of the experiences people, people have had with you. And sometimes you've had experiences with people not even knowing about it, and they formed interpretations and perceptions of you. So I obviously have an interpretation for who Deji is, but the reality is who I think myself to be or who I think I am is not who my wife thinks I am. And the 10,000 people that I serve in my business not all of them, all of them definitely have different interpretations of who I am. Now, those interpretations can be grouped into three broad categories. There are some who think I am the best person they've ever met running that business. Some are in the middle, meh, you know, could go either way. And some, the third group, possibly think that I just absolutely suck at my job and what I do. And even in those three groups, there are nuances to how much people think I'm really good at what I do. And there are many nuances to the meh, don't really know where he falls in there. And there are obviously many nuances and degrees to which people think I suck. But all in, there are 10,000 different interpretations for who these people think I am. All my friends have different interpretations for who they think Deji is. Deji is one version. To some people, I am benevolent and I am generous. To other people, I'm a fucking dick. To some people, I think I know too much. I think I'm too smart. And to some people, I'm the most humble, down-to-earth person they've ever met. Now, it doesn't matter what reality is, what is true or not. As long as somebody perceives it to be true, then it makes it true. And this then becomes why perception becomes a fucking bitch. Because people will then treat you or interact with you based on the interpretations and their perceptions of who you are to them. Um, what I have noticed is a lot of people will then suffer an existential crisis because who they know themselves to be and their version of what they think is their absolute self, which is the self they know, um, when that self doesn't align with how other people perceive them, they it becomes this back and forth, this war to almost vindicate yourself to show people who you truly are, at least from how you perceive yourself. And I think that's foolish because you can't really do that for everyone. So to be the verb and not the noun is to take the many-faced God approach, which is I am 
all the things people think I am, and I am also none of the things people think I am. I embrace both sides, and I embrace both perspectives. I think there's a lot we can learn from Ira Stark and her training to become no one. I think there's a lot of merit to this mindset, this mentality, because it forces you to detach from what you've defined yourself to be and how you see yourself to to then be open to the possibilities of being other things first and second, being open to seeing how other people perceive you. So fundamentally, there is no such thing as an absolute self does not exist. And up until it's only it's only recently that I've truly come to accept and embrace this idea that there's no one absolute version of me and I am an evolutionary process. And there are many layers and many nuances to this. Who I was a year ago is not who I was 10 years ago is not who I am today is not who I will be in the future. You know, a young lady will go from being somebody's little girl, somebody's daughter to somebody's mom to somebody's grandmother. There's an evolutionary process to the self that your grandkids will only know you as grandma, but they will never know you as mom will never know you as when you were just a teenager in high school and so on and so forth. Now, if you hold on to the idea of an absolute self, then it sets you up for sure for an existential depression. There is no such thing as an absolute identity. There's no such thing as an absolute self. There is no such thing as an authentic self. So when I hear people say, oh, love me for who I am, Uh, Like what version of you am I to love? Because the version of you that you currently want me to fall absolutely in love with is subject to change. I hope we call that growth. So I hope you're not the authentic self you are today in 20 years. So I think a lot of people miss out on the mentality that's required for growth when they cling on to this notion of an absolute self. Very, very dangerous. You're not a noun. You're a verb. You're an evolutionary process, ever evolving. There are multiple versions of you, multiple interpretations of you that people have. And the version of you that you know is only one piece of the pie, is only one version of the story. And this also becomes a very dangerous proposition. This, this idea of the authentic self becomes very dangerous, especially when people have one absolute identity around what their passions, their abilities, and so on and so forth are, but specifically how those abilities manifest in what they want to do with their lives. Here's what I mean by that. Here's a quick example. So, Let's take an individual and put him in two separate dimensions, but assume that this individual has the same three unique abilities, no matter what dimension they're in. These abilities are athleticism, grace, and courage. Now, in one dimension, they could turn out to be a good, famous 
awesome samurai warrior swinging that sword with great athleticism grace and courage just chopping ninjas like it's nothing left and right in the second reality they could turn out to be a great dancer a ballet dancer or whatever moving with the exact same precision of athleticism grace and courage stealth like a ninja now here's what you've got to notice the abilities did not change they were the same in either dimension However, the manifestation of those abilities, the three abilities for athleticism, grace, and courage, manifest differently dependent on the context they're in. In the time of war, those abilities could manifest as being a great samurai soldier. In a time of peace, the exact same abilities for athleticism, grace, and courage come off as or manifest as being a dancer. However, if your absolute truth or your absolute self your authentic self is to become a soldier then you see the existential problem here you're a verb you're not a noun which means as a verb you are the essence of athleticism grace and courage the the context in which and and how those manifest is is just details so if your dream or your absolute truth, your identity is to become a soldier, then you're being a noun because you're missing the other ways the three, the three verbs could manifest themselves. Likewise, if your dream and your truth, your authentic self is to become a famous dancer, then you are missing, you are missing the exact same ways those three abilities could manifest themselves as being a soldier. It's the same fucking thing. When the abilities are the same, you're a verb, you're not a noun. So you begin to see that being the verb, being the many-faced gods and not having an authentic self gives you the moral flexibility, the just basic flexibility in general to be many things when you focus on the verb, the verbs and not the noun. When you, when you understand that you, you are not one thing, you are not one person, you are not one identity, you, the, the entire world begins to open up to you. You know, I remember a time when, you know, Sarah was, so Sarah's background is in education. She is used to teaching a class of 20 kids and 25 euros and setting direction for them and keeping them on task and coaching and developing them. So when she applied to management on her resume, and you know, we talked about this, she was like, hey, I don't have any management experience. I, I don't know how to, I, I, don't, I, I don't even think I should apply for a management job because I don't see how, how the skill set could translate. And I said, Sarah, you got to stop thinking like a noun. You got to start thinking like a verb. You're not one thing. You're not just a teacher. Because at the end of the day, the skill set required to manage 20, you know, kids in class and set direction for them to a different in a different context is the exact same skill set required when you are in management. And sometimes even the people interviewing you don't have that perspective. You have to give them the correlation and help them see how in the earlier example, you show them the ability for athleticism, grace, and courage. And we may be in the context of a time of peace and a dancer, but you want to show them how that, 
you know, correlates to also being a soldier. It's the exact same fucking skill set where it's the same movement pattern. The context of how it expresses itself is just different. So you have to be able to articulate that. And even in that example, I can tell that light bulbs are going off for a lot of people right now, because up until this moment, you may not have realized that you've you've been the noun. You know, you've you've lived thinking that you are authentically one thing, seeing yourself as one version. But now you know that you are not. You are a verb. You do not have an authentic self. There is no such thing as an authentic self. Whatever self of you manifests is just context. It's super, super, super contextual. You are a verb. You are an evolutionary process. You are ever evolving. You are no one, but yet you are everyone. You are many-faced God. I hope you guys like this short little deep dive into the philosophy to be the verb, not the noun, and perception is a bitch. If you'd like to know more, definitely check out the link in the notes section below. You can get a copy of the book and read more about the philosophy of perception being a bitch. Be the verb, not the noun. I appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next time.